Would you please remain standing for the reading of the Word of God? Would you take your Bibles, please, and turn to the second epistle of Thessalonians? We'd like to read the first 12 verses of chapter 3. That's first, or second Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Reading responsively, allow me to begin reading in verse number 1. I will read the succeeding odd-numbered verses. Read with me, please, the six even-numbered verses, beginning in verse number 2 through verse number 12. Once again, that's 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, and reading responsively. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you, that ye both do and will do the things which we commanded you. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which ye have received of us. For yourselves know how ye ought to follow us, for we behaved not ourselves disorderly among you. Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any man would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. And allow me to read verse number 13. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. May God have blessing to the reading of his word. Let's make our prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, this is the first day of the week. Lord, we come together to hear the word of God and we come together, Father, to worship you in spirit and in truth. Pray that you'd be well pleased with what takes place in the next half hour or so. Lord, do a work of grace in our hearts and lives, dear God. May our hearts be knit with, with, closer to you, we pray. And we'll thank you for what you're going to do. Pray for the Children's Church downstairs as well. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you, Brother Dave. Thank you, Brother Eric. Let me give you a coach job, a real specific coach job. Uh, about tonight, 4:30. I know somebody can't come. I understand if you can't come, that's understandable, of course. And if you can come, please come. And then uh, here's the coach job: see somebody you don't know, i.e., visitor. We spend hundreds of uh, hours collectively working for this vacation Bible school. We spend a thousand dollars. Or thereabouts, uh, put this VBS on and so forth. We've had visitors all week long. It's been great. But they're going to come, and they don't know anybody. They don't know anybody in our church. So spot out somebody that you don't know and go up and talk to them and encourage them, of course. So there's the coach job. And all God's people said? Yeah. Now perform the doing of it. <laughs> so come on, before 4.30, get here before 4.30, if you would, please. Help us out, please. Navigating through this present darkness... 
2 Thessalonians chapter 3, we've just our third and final message. We would just give you go to an overview of 2 Thessalonians, if we could, please. We see the chapter 1 was stay confident. Chapter 2 was stay calm. And the theme for today is stay committed. We looked at the chronology. Chapter 1 is before his coming. Chapter 2, the bulk of it is after, his, after the rapture. Chapter 3, while we wait. Then, of course, the purpose, the encouragement, chapter 1, through suffering. Enlightenment through teaching, chapter 2. And then, of course, the enablement in living, chapter 3. We, in way of review, the first message we preached was stay confident. In the days of tribulation, always remember, we are his praise, chapter 1. Verses 1 to 4, we, are, we have his promises. And then thirdly, we saw that we are kept by his power. Last Sunday, of course, we preached a message, a prophetical message, on the Antichrist, mainly, the man of sin. We saw the rapture of the Christian, the revelation of the Antichrist, and the return of Christ. This morning, our text verse is verses 3 and 4. I want you to notice them with me, please. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse number 3. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you, that ye both do and will do the things which we command you. Notice that word command. By the way, we find that word command in uh, verses 4, verse 6. Notice verse 6. It says, Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay. Technical difficulty. Is that better? Okay, thank you. Uh, verse number 6, we see the word command. Verse number 10, for even when we were with you, this we commanded you. And then in verse number 12 again, now then they are, they, they, that are such we command and exhort by the Lord Jesus Christ. The word command, it's a military term. It means to do your duty. And as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, let me treat you as soldiers this morning here, and not just as sheep, as soldiers and uh, to do our, do our duty. And uh, we're asking, addressing the question, commands to keep while we wait. In the light of chapter 2, where Paul admonishes the Thessalonians to stay calm, that God's on the throne, that we're going to be raptured out before the day of the Lord, at the day of Christ, at the rapture. And he gives us our duty. And it really begins, really the transition begins back in chapter number 2, Beginning in verse 13, I'd like to begin there this morning here as we begin on commands to keep while we wait. First of all, uh, look at verse number 13 of chapter 2 now. But we are bound to give thanks always to God. Do we give thanks for, to God always? I'm afraid we don't. The Bible says, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And rejoice evermore, Thessalonians 5 says. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you unto salvation. I want you to notice that uh, what do we do in the light of uh, the chapter 2 and chapter 1? Well, we have commands to keep while we wait for the coming day of Christ, and that is, number one, to stay praiseworthy, to stay praiseworthy. 
uh, stay thankful for other Christians. First of all, in verse number 13, it says, but we are bound to give thanks. Paul says, I'm under obligation, I'm under orders to give thanks always to God for you, brethren. Uh, thank God for other Christians. We learned in chapter 1 of first, uh, or, or this book of Second Thessalonians, we learned that we are his praise. God's children are his praise. We are, we are in God, we learn. We are in Christ. We are in grace. We have his peace. We are, in, we are, we are in, his, in his faith. We possess his love and we are his glory. We are to be the praise of his glory. Think of other Christians as God thinks of his children. And if you do that, you'll think very highly of other Christians. Uh, I received some great uh, compliments this past week, and it's not, not unusual when people come to our property for the first time. It was a beautiful evening, several evenings had beautiful evenings, and somebody, first-time visitor, came up, and they were wooing and aahing and looking at the beautiful scenery, landscape of our church facilities and the, 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 the vistas and the views and so forth. And they said, wow, this is amazing. Boy, God's really blessed you and so forth. And a lot of times they, they, they didn't do it this week, but it's happened where they think, that, that silly them, they, they think that, I'm a, some, that I may be a, a really great pastor, little do they know. <laughs> and uh, uh, some people look at me and they say, oh, this is a great church. Not many people are that dumb, but some people, some people are. But some people look at other Christians and they say, and uh, I, I, when that happens to me, I try to deflect and say, we have great members of our church. And I do that on a regular basis. We have great servants of God that uh, Paul said, the greatest apostle that ever lived, arguably speaking. He was thankful for other Christians. Uh, this church is not based on Marty Shad. Thank God for that. I mean, well, it would be something terrible if it was. This church is not based on you. It's based on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what gives us... Uh, he, but Paul was thankful for other Christians. Uh, he said in First Thessalonians 2, in verse 19, For what is our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? Uh, love other Christians. The idea that you love God but you don't love other Christians, that's the Bible says in First John, and I'm paraphrasing, you're a liar. If you don't love God, if you don't love other Christians, you don't love, you don't love Christ like you should. And uh, so we need to love other Christians. Paul says we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, Beloved of the Lord. Why do we love the brethren? Because they're loved of the Lord. They're beloved of the Lord. But, so stay praiseworthy. Stay thankful for other Christians. Let her be on the worksheet. I look at the latter part of verse number 13. Because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. He, the, he's the author and finisher of our faith, don't forget. He knows the end from the beginning. Through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Notice letter B. Uh, in regards to what do we do and while we wait for his coming. We stay praiseworthy, we stay thankful for other Christians, but be thankful, stay thankful for your own conversion. Thank God that you're in Christ. The natural man who sees not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him. And uh, thank God for people that have the mind of the Lord, and those who have the mind of the Lord are those that are, uh, have his Spirit. Those that have been born again, of course. And thank God for conversion. I've used it many times this week. I couldn't help myself. I had to watch a little bit of the Olympics, of course. I always love the Olympics, of course. You know, people, uh, that, that swimmer, that uh, Caleb Dresser, I think his name is, he's won four or five gold medals, and uh, Katie Ledecky, I guess, and uh, won some medals and so forth. And uh, 
Uh, they're the superstars. They're the heroes right now. And uh, they, they get a gold medal that nobody will, and some of you don't know their names, never will know their names, and their names will fade into history. But we're, we're children of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're saved way, way better than getting a medal, gold medal. We got salvation in Christ. We got to be converted in Christ. I want to trade that for uh, 25 gold medals in the three Olympics, of course. And so thankful for your conversion. Uh, be be praiseworthy. Thankful for other Christians. Verse number 14, notice the third truth. Stay thankful for your future crowning. And I got ahead of myself, but I may not get a gold medal, but I'm going to get a gold crown one day, and you're, you, hopefully you will too as well. And get, we'll be able to cast our crowns at his feet. Notice what it says. Whereunto you are called by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stay thankful for your future crowning. Revelation 4.10, one day we'll cast our crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy is the Lamb, and uh, glory and honor and blessing and power be unto him that liveth forever and ever. And we'll cast our crowns at his feet. But we can lose, the Bible says we cannot lose our salvation, but we can lose our crowns. Several verses teach us that truth. You can't lose salvation, but you can lose rewards. Revelation 3.11 will suffice. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. And so what do we do is going forward in light of the fact that the one world leader, maybe I put in the word from the pastor, he may be on planet Earth right now. I think he probably is. We don't know who he is, and he's going to be revealed in our time. We'll be revealed after the rapture, as we learned last week. But what do we do in regards to this? Well, we, we stay praiseworthy. We stay thankful for other Christians. We stay with other Christians. We stay thankful for our salvation, our, our conversion. We stay, we, we stay striving for that crowns, those crowns that we can throw at his feet. But verses 15 and 17, back in chapter 2, notice with me verse number 15. The second thing that we do as we stay committed to the Lord in this last days in 2021. Therefore, brethren, stand fast. We see that phrase several times, to stand fast. In in the Lord and and hold the tradition which ye have been caught we've been been taught whether by word or by epistle and uh, number two what do we do in these coming days we don't waver don't waver stay in the work stay in the work of God Bible says steadfast one of the verses the kids learned in vacation Bible school this week was First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight therefore my beloved brethren be steadfast unmovable Always what? Abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Sometimes we think our labor is in vain in the Lord, don't we? And sometimes it feels like that. It feels like we're, we're not winning some of the battles and so forth. And, uh, but our labor is not in vain in the Lord. Don't waver. Be steadfast. Keep on keeping on even when you don't feel like keeping on. But I want you to examine the verse one more time. Verse 15 I'm referring to. Look what it says. Look at every word. Every word of God is there for a purpose. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions. Oh, the word tradition gets a dirty, it's a, it gets a bad rap many times. If you look at verse number 6 of chapter 3. Notice the last part of the verse. The tradition which ye have received of us. He says, the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or by our epistle, don't waver. Don't stay in the stay in the work, but stick with stick with the word. But before you stick with the word, before you know the word, you got to stick stick with those people that are following the Lord. Paul said, "Stick with me." 
Hebrews 13, verse 7, the Bible says, uh, uh, the overseers, uh, the, you follow their faith. And uh, follow their faith. Uh, I'm going to take liberties here. Uh, uh, Heather, I'm going to take liberties with Heather and David are here this, this morning here, of course. And they're planning on getting baptized next Sunday. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Now, now, I told them, I gave them a quick 45-minute lesson on baptism, why you're to be baptized after you're saved, of course. And they drank it all in and so forth and so on and so forth. But I didn't show them all the verses on baptism. I didn't show them all the whys and wherefores. I just said, trust me. Trust my word, I'm telling you. After you get saved, the first step of obedience as a Christian is to be baptized in deep water, of course. And so I, I, they, they, they might not know the verses that they can turn to, to to turn. But Paul said, I want you to trust me. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word, by my speech, or by our epistle or letter. So remember when Second Thessalonians was written, most of the New Testament was not. And so when you don't know the word of God, trust those godly people that are trying to serve the Lord and faithfully serve the Lord day in and day out. And I could pick on Janet, Wayne and Janet Richards for just a moment here. They've been, they'll get mad at me, but they, they know they can't. They're not allowed to. But for, for a number of years now, they've been serving God for many, many, many years. And people have followed their faith, of course, and, and a godly lifestyle and so forth. I think of Don Eddie. I've used her many times. Don Eddie is in her 90s, and she lives in Iowa. And she's been serving the Lord for about 75 years of her life, probably about since she was a little girl. And she has, she has seven kids. They're all married. Now she's got like 47 grandkids and 23 great-grandkids. She's 90-something years old. She's got over 100 people in her family. She's still the rock, the matriarch of the family. She's still serving God. She's going to church every time the doors of the house of God are open. And uh, she's got good health, and God blessed her and so forth. And, and uh, I was thinking the power of, of Fellowship Baptist Church in Marshalltown, Iowa, where she's been a member for the last probably 50 or 60 years at least. And I'm thinking, why is that church so strong? Because they've, they, they've had somebody to follow a godly example to follow. May Christians maybe not waver and be stick, stay with the work, but not, not only stay with the work, but stick with the word. And uh, Christians can make mistakes. That's, we all know that. Christians can sin. Uh, it says in verse number 15 again, who have been taught whether by word or by our epistle. Don't follow me. Follow me as I follow Christ. You follow, you know, men will mess up. I Don't ask me after the service. I won't tell you who it is, but there's a certain famous preacher that if I were to mention died not too long ago, a year or two ago, and that was us all I'll say. And if you know what I'm talking about, well, sad for you. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, glad for you. But a certain famous preacher with a worldwide audience, so to speak, and they found out that he, now that it's come out that he lived a double life. He's, he preached great messages, of course, but he had a, secret perverted life in the background and I've done some research on it and sadly it's true. When I was a young Christian that would have shook my faith. But I didn't follow Dr. So-and-so. I didn't follow a man. I followed the Lord Jesus Christ. I followed his word. And, uh, and as a mature believer in Christ, Paul said, I want you to follow my word. Don't waver. Follow, follow the word of the Lord, excuse me. And in fact, it says verse number 17, chapter 2, comfort your hearts and establish, there's that word establish again, you in every good work, or word and work. And so we see this, what do we do in 2021? We know that the Antichrist may be on planet Earth as we speak right now. What do we do about that? Well, we stay committed and we, we uh, stay praiseworthy. We stay, we don't waver. Then number three, verse, we get to chapter three now, verses one and two. Excuse me, I'm hurrying a little bit on purpose, I guess, here. 
verse number one. Finally, brethren, a concludatory statement, finally, brethren, pray for us, Paul said, Paul, Timothy, and Timothy, or Silas, Silvanus. Finally, brethren, pray for us there in Athens that the word of the Lord may have free course and have liberty, in other words, and be glorified even as it is with you. Remember, we came to you, Thessalonians, a year or so earlier, and we established a church in three weeks at Thessalonica. Now we're in Athens, and Paul preached in Mars Hill, Acts chapter 17. And he says, uh, he says, pray that the word of God might have free course. So what do we do in 2021? We keep on witnessing. Keep on witnessing. In letter A, and we are still his watchmen. God's called us to be his watchmen. In Acts 17, the last part of the verses when Paul preached on Mars Hill in front of in a 3,000-seat amphitheater with several thousand people there, no doubt. And, and the people preached, and he, he said that uh, when he came to the resurrection, the Bible says, and when he came to the resurrection, some mocked, some hesitated, but some believed. And I'm paraphrasing. Uh, let me let you in a little secret. I, shh, don't tell anybody I told you this here. Uh, it's harder to be a Christian and to witness in 2021 than it was in 1985. Shh. I don't want you to hear that, but don't, don't tell anybody I told you. But I'm telling you in all seriousness that people don't seem to be getting saved like they used to get saved 30, 20, 30, 40 years ago. I kind of lived it in my personal experience, but we're nevertheless be called to be watchmen. Ezekiel 33 and verse 6, the Bible says that he, he required the blood uh, we require it, the watchman's hand. Jude 23 says, And if some save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. And so we need to be watching. We need to witness, even though many people are rejecting our witness nowadays, we need to still, still be witnesses. Not only do we need to keep on witnessing, we are still as watchmen, but then verse number two, notice what it says, chapter three, that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for all men have not faith. Our answer is not, and yeah, I just, just run a sidebar here. Just, I'll, just, I'll just tell you my political leanings. I think you all know it already. I love Donald Trump better than anybody in this whole room, probably. I'm the number one Donald Trump fan in the whole world, probably. And, uh, but uh, I don't think he's my Messiah. I never, knew he, I never thought he was my Messiah not one time. Does he make mistakes? Oh, yeah, he makes a lot of mistakes, and he's, he's a sinner. And uh, it's a, I don't agree with everything Donald Trump ever did or will do and so forth. That's another whole story. He's not my, my savior, not my, my, not, not my Messiah. But my, my best weapon, the letter B, the, our best weapon, weapon is still witnessing people, bringing the people to Christ, not bringing people to a political party or to a, uh, a man that's going to come and go, whether that may be Donald Trump or anybody else, or Joe Biden or whoever it might be. Our weapons, the best weapons of our warfare are mighty through pulling down the strongholds. Our best weapons are telling people about Jesus Christ and seeing regeneration. Not This world wants reform or claims to have, want reformation. We want regeneration. So what do we do in 2021? Keep on witnessing more than ever before. And so we need to witness because uh, we are his, still his watchmen. We are witnessing, and it's the power of God and salvation, Romans 6, 1, 16, unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Then verse number five. <sighs> I'm taking a breath. Okay, I know I talk too fast. 
I, I'm talking, I try to talk too fast and it gets me in trouble. Verse number five. Now let me go into slow-mo mode, 33 speed for you old folks. <laughs> and the Lord direct your hearts in the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. What do we do in, as we stay committed in 2021? We keep on watching. We keep on looking up. Lord, direct your hearts. We need to, letter A, persistently warn others. Jesus said, flee from the wrath to come. Matthew 24 and verse 42, Jesus said, watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Somebody in this room, I'll leave them unnamed, but I'm looking at them. <laughs> I'll look, try to look at all of you right now here. But uh, somebody in this room, we were talking the other day, and they, they said, preacher, do you really believe the Lord's going to come in our lifetime? And uh, it's my blessed hope. I'm hoping that I get raptured and not ruptured, amen? <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that I go by, you know, ray of uh, chariot, not by way of Jordan, River Jordan, you know? And uh, that's been my hope for many years. I hope that I'm part of the rapture crowd. And all God's people said, amen to that. And, uh, but we need to persistently warn. He may not come in our lifetime. He may not come in your lifetime or my lifetime. Oh, woe is us, we say. But we need to persistently warn others that... The Bible says that he's coming again. Jesus said over and over and over again, he's coming again and work for the night is coming when no man can work. And so we need to persistently warn, but we need to, back to verse five, we need to patiently wait. Uh, look what it says, verse number five, one more time. For we are, verse five, where to go? There it is. And unto the patient waiting for Christ, the day of Christ, as we looked about last week, the sister verse would be 1 Thessalonians 1.10. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, whom he delivered us from the, who delivered us from the wrath to come. It's hard to wait, isn't it? The older I get, the harder it is to wait. And I would say, even so, come Lord Jesus, as in Revelation 22. Come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus. And uh, Marty Schott says, and all God's people said, amen. I say amen to that. I want him to come, and I want him to come now, today. Before the, before the roundup, <laughs> I want him to come. And uh, that's my, could be, my, it's definitely my spirit, but it's definitely, it's probably my flesh too. I want to get out of this wicked world that we're living in. And uh, I say, oh me, to that. But then we get to verses 6 to 12, and let me reiterate real quickly here. What do we do as we, the commands to keep while we wait, we need to stay praiseworthy. We need to, don't waver, not waver. We need to keep witnessing. We need to keep watching. But then, verse number six, for time's sake, just glance at verse six. Now we command you, brethren, this is a command, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourself from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after the tradition, there it is again, which you received of us. What do we do in 2021 going forward? Well, we need to pull our own weight carry our own load, and then carry somebody else's load as well. But we three things about that, and it gets real practical, verses 6 through 12 here, and we're going to do it fairly quickly. Letter A in the worksheet. The Bible commands us to depart and withdraw from the disorderly. The word disorderly, the word orderly in the Greek language for the word, you see the word disorderly in verse number 6, by the way, and you see it again in verse number 7. Go down to verse number 11. You see the word disorderly for the third time. The word orderly is the word take, 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 uh, take toss. 
The word disorderly, you put a negative pronoun in front of it, which in this case is alpha or a, and you got a, a, a tektos, which means, the word means disorderly. It means not in rank, or we would say not in order. It means you're walking uh, as soldiers of Christ. There were some that were walking disorderly, and they quit their jobs thinking the Lord was going to come back. i got to be careful, and I don't fall, but let me just say, we got millions of Americans, I'll talk generically, that have decided that PPP is better than WORK, and it's easier to get uh, a government handout. No, don't get mad at me, I'm just helping you out here. And this passage of Scripture talks much about this walking disorderly. Look at verse 7. For yourselves know how ye ought to follow us. Paul was a tent maker, don't forget. For we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. And so pull your own weight. What do we do as we go forward? Depart and withdraw from the disorderly. Number letter B, do your own work diligently. Do your own work diligently. Uh, work, verse, verse number 7, I already read verse 7, look at verse 8. Neither did we eat any man's bread, Paul said, of him and, and Timotheus and Silvanus, for not or for nothing. In other words, we paid for our meals. But wrought with labor and travail night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Uh, do your own work diligently. Work is not a curse, by the way. Work, work was one of the curses before the... Or, after the fall of man in Genesis 3, work was before the fall of man. Work is a noble thing. Work is a godly thing. We're going to, I believe we're going to work in heaven. Work is a rewarding thing. Work is in the industry gives, is, is, is part of integrity. In fact, Proverbs 14.23 says, In all labor there is profit, but the talk of lips tendeth only to penury, or to poverty, in other words. Do your work diligently. You know, and again, I have to be careful here and I'll be kind at the same time. Work gets you out of a lot of problems. Work keeps you from a lot of problems. Work is ordained by God. Some have called work one of the fourth institutions that God ordained. I don't believe necessarily that, but there's the, the, the home, there's the civil government, and there's church. Some say work is a divine institution created by God, and I don't argue with the point for sure. God ordained that we work. Work for the night is coming. God says, be diligent. We could sure use some of that in America, some, uh, some uh, work ethic in America instead of a welfare ethic for sure. In fact, we get to verse number 10. Look what it says. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, let them go on PPP. Or, excuse me, let them go on welfare. Or let them take a handout. I know I'm being mean. It doesn't say that. It says, if anyone would not work, neither should he what? I didn't say it. God said it. You know, our welfare system is created exactly wrong, exactly opposite of what it should be. You already reward hard work and penalize slothfulness and laziness. And that's good preaching, Marty Shot. Thank you very much. I'll take it very much. I'll give you one parable. Let me run a rabbit trail real fast. Several, several examples, a lot of Bible that teaches his truth. When Jesus gave one man five talents, or the master gave one man five talents, one man two talents, and one man one talent, most of you already know the rest of the story. The five-guy five talent guy made ten. The, ten, ten. the two made two and made four. And the one went and hit it. What did God do? He, he rewarded the, he said, that wicked, that wicked uh, 
greedy guy with five talents. I'm going to take four of his talents and give it to the poor guy that had one talent. Is that what God did? No, he took that one talent away and he gave it to the man that had five talents. We, we, would, we could solve our welfare problem real fast in America if we applied some of God's principles to, the, uh, to our, our, our society. So pull your own way. Depart and withdraw from dis, the disorderly. The Bible commands it. Do your work diligently. But then let her see. And or let me, before we get to verse C, let her see rather. Look at verse 12. One more example. One more time, we find, for the fourth time, we find that word command. Now then, them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their bread. You know, this astounded me when I figured this out 30-something years ago as a young preacher. Jesus Christ had a three-and-a-half-year public ministry. He got baptized at age 30. He went to the cross about, we think he was about 33 and a half years old. Three and a half years. But in the carpet, he was the son of a carpenter. And we have this, what we call the silent years, 18 of them, from the time he was 12. We don't read about him again until he's time of 30. What was he doing? He was working. Six sevenths of the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of all kings of glory, King of glory, worked. Work is a noble profession. Work is a noble occupation. And God's ordained work, and he puts a great premium and great value on work. Uh, that slides into this truth as well, the idea that I'm in full-time Christian service, and you guys are laymen, and you're, 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 you're only in part-time Christian service. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You're on more on the front lines many times than I am. I get to come here to work tomorrow morning. You get to go to where you ever go tomorrow morning. And uh, I think I'll take my place and not your place. And uh, it's easy to be in the back, back lines. It's tough to be in the front lines many times. But God ordained. He uses the, the, Paul uses the example of the Lord Jesus Christ as an example of work. Let her see, quickly, please. Despise not the woefully desperate. That does not mean this passage of Scripture does not teach that we, 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 uh, we, we despise, we don't give to the poor and needy. There's plenty of verses that teach otherwise. Proverbs 22.9 says, He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth us his bread to the poor. Uh, Galatians 6.2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and thus fulfill the law of Christ. When we see a brother in need, James 2 tells us that we need to, how uh, to the love of God in us when we, when we hide our eyes from the, the needs of a brother or sister in Christ that's legitimately there. Well, that leads me to the sixth truth in regards to what we should do, how we should stay committed our commands to keep while we wait. We need to stay praiseworthy. We need to not waver. We need to keep witnessing. We need to keep watching. We keep looking up. We need to pull our own weight and not withdraw from those that walk disorderly, do our work diligently, and do not despise or the, the desperate. But then verse number 13, look at the first half of the verse. It's a short verse. But ye brethren, be not weary. Man, this has been a tough, long week for me, and I think for about 25 other people as well. Some of you guys went to work for 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, and then you came to VBS for three hours a night and, and uh, did that for five nights straight. It's been a tough week, and then people dying and hospital visits and so forth and uh, the, the regular rigmaroles of the lawnmowers break down and all the stuff that goes on. And, and uh, don't get weary. It's easy to get weary. 
But he uses this first verse 13 in the context of the preceding verses. Don't get discouraged, he says. Don't get weary by the disobedient, is what he's saying. And so he gives a word of caution, letter A. Don't get calloused in ministry. Can I talk to you veterans for just a moment? You guys have been in ministry for a long time. You know, there's a lot of abuse in ministry. I've said it many times, ministry is risky business. Ministry, if it's a gambling casino, the odds are stacked against you. You're going to lose, be honest with you, more than you're going to win, at least in the short run. And you're going to be abused. And it's tough to minister. And so after a while, some people throw up their hands. I'm done. I'm done. I'm over with it. I'm, I've, I have had enough. I'm not going to serve God any longer. There's some folks, and not, not anybody here, but uh, I'm sure, but uh, in many churches, many hundreds of thousands and millions, even in America, once upon served God, upon time served God as a Sunday school teacher or what have you, a deacon or trustee or a janitor or uh, whatever, and they got their feelings sort of, something happened in the ministry and they, they quit serving God. Let's not get weary in well-doing. A word of caution, don't get jaded, don't get calloused in ministry. There's still some people that that care. I'm really letting my guard down and tell you how transparent I'm going to be here. There doesn't seem to be as many people that care in 2021 that cared in 1987 when I was a young pastor. It seemed like in 1987 when I invited the mayor to come, she came. You know, when I invited the business owners to come, the funeral home directors to come to church, they came. Now try that today. You know, callous, like you don't even bother wasting your breath. That, don't get that way, Christian. Don't be weary in well-doing. Keep on keeping on. Let, let, let her be here and we'll summarize. We see a word of consecration. Do stay committed to the master. The Bible says, let us not be weary in well-doing. Or pardon me, but be brethren, be not weary in well-doing. It's well-doing. Stay consecrated to the master. And stay consecrated doing the work of God. And so, verse chapter number 1 Stay comforted, we're on the winning side. Stay calm, chapter number two. Our troubles will soon be over, chapter number three. Stay committed, why? Here's the takeaway this morning. Verse number 14, look at it with me, please. And if any man obey not the word. Quick message this morning, I've only been going on for 35 minutes here, ready to close up shop. This has been the performance time, as good or bad as it's been. This is all me, and you sit there and look nice and pretty and, and respectful, which you all have done a wonderful job. You get an A-plus on your report card. You have all been uh, listened quietly and respectfully and so forth. Whether you're really tuned in, I have no clue. Only God knows. <laughs> but I did my part. Some, in one way, one respect, the preaching of it is way easier than the living of it. And the fact of the matter is, what's the takeaway? The takeaway is simply this. Staying committed as a Christian involves hearing the word of God that's true. But much more than hearing, obeying, it involves obeying. It's one thing to hear the word of God. It's another thing to be a hearer of the word, but it's another thing to be a doer of the word of God. God calls us to obey. Now it's time to put to practice what we've learned. Stay, stay, uh, stay calm, stay committed, uh, or stay, stay praiseworthy, rather. Stay, uh, don't waver. Keep on witnessing. Keep on watching. Pull your own weight. Don't get worried. Don't get calloused. 
and stay committed to the master. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I'm trying to be easy on our, the bulk of our people this morning. I wanted to get done a few minutes early for a change, Lord, because we have a long night tonight. Lord, I pray you'd bless it tonight in our, our last big efforts of evangelization, Lord, and discipleship edification with the new folks that came all week long, Lord. I look across the audience, Lord, and I don't think any of the new folks are here this morning, but Lord, they'll, they'll be here tonight, hopefully, for the hot dogs and hamburgers, and Lord, to see the reward ceremony, and Lord, uh, Lord, we get a chance to, for a few minutes to preach the gospel. Lord, help us to be committed to doing what's right, and Lord, stay committed in the light of coming one world leader. Dear God, what, 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 what could we do? Get all worried and frazzled, or no, just keep on keeping on. You've called us to keep, work for the night is coming when no man can work. Lord, help us to keep on working, and we'll thank you for it, Lord. Bless the number one invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And I just sing that song. I'm sorry, Brother Dave, here. Uh, I should have had you uh, work for the night is coming.